That's not very nice. No, thank you. We don't hit. Today, we are talking about intentionality when guiding and disciplining children. Hey, it's Sarah, and this is Kids These Days, a podcast brought to you by funding through the Kansas Department for Children and Families. Your words matter. Based on the research of Patricia Cool, there is evidence that children require a social setting and social interaction with another human being to learn from exposures they have with language. Your words and behaviors in action become those of the children around you. Remember, children as young as two can mimic the thinking styles of the adults around them. I want to start today by diving into the concept of intentionality. And when we talk about intentionality, what we're talking about mindfully and purposefully thinking through and deciding upon a specific course of action, behavior, or result that we would like to have happen. So for example, I am very intentional when I plan out my week. I have a specific notebook that is only for my weekly to-do list. I use a specific system to track what needs to be done in what order and when it's done. On the flip side, I am much less intentional when at the end of my day, I sit down on the couch with my phone in one hand and a bag of chips in the other. Let's look at intentionality through the lens of guidance and discipline. So remember from episode nine that discipline is something that develops or improves a skill and guidance provides leadership, care, feedback, and assistance to children throughout the unfamiliarity of life. And back again from some of your favorite past episodes, brainstem, limbic system, and prefrontal cortex. I mean, aren't you starting to feel a real connection to them by now? And in more than just a they are connected to my spinal cord kind of way, like they just keep turning up like they run the place or something. So very simply put, the intention of the brainstem is to process sensory stimuli and keep you alive. Very simply put, the intention of the limbic system is to process emotional stimuli, form memories, and reinforce behaviors. And again, very simply put, the intention of the prefrontal cortex is to focus attention, anticipate consequences and events, control our impulses, and manage emotional reactions. Remember, from the top of the episode, like, I don't know, a minute and a half ago, children require a social setting and social interaction with another human being to learn. So we have to team with them, teach, embrace, acknowledge, and model. With all of that in mind, we are able to acknowledge and embrace that a large portion of action taking for young children happens in either the brainstem or the limbic system and not the prefrontal cortex, which means children do not know why they did what they did or what they should do, or what you want them to do instead. But through the practice of intentionally modeling and teaching specific language and strategies, we are able to provide young children new skills and replacement behaviors through our guidance and discipline. On a side note here, for those of you that have been listening since episode one, first, thank you. Second, I hope that as you've listened to each episode, you've noticed that we often revisit phrases, definitions, guidance, etc. throughout. This is intentional. Pun intended. Intended. 
According to research, it takes adults anywhere from 18 to 254 days, with an average of 66 days, to develop a new habit. I believe the more you hear a phrase or concept or a topic or practice, etc., and that it is explained and discussed with different examples and situations so that you are able to make it make sense for you, the more it starts to stick in your brain and become a habit. And we're going to dive deeper into the idea of intentionality through the lens of guidance and discipline with some examples right after this short break. Hi everyone, this is Kids Yogi and recording artist Barry Coral with a fun new course announcement. Ever wish you could wave a magic wand and create instant calm? Now you can with my new Yoga Palooza course. Even if you have no yoga experience, you can learn to share yoga and mindfulness with ease and confidence. This fun course features music, yoga games, lots of wonderful mindfulness activities to create instant calm in your classroom. It also includes a Zoom meeting with me. Help yourself and your kids manage stress and feel good. This is the most fun you can have learning about yoga guaranteed. Join me for Yoga Palooza. You'll soon be on your way to sharing all the benefits of yoga and mindfulness. Welcome back. Let's jump right into some specific language strategies and examples of intentional guidance and discipline. So first, remember to download that infographic for the episode, and there's a deep dive for this episode as well. So some of the specific words that I share with you will be on that deep dive. So first, we're going to talk about avoid using subjective words like nice, good, bad, right, wrong, etc. when guiding and disciplining children. Children under the age of like seven or eight have not yet developed the cognitive ability to consistently understand and make sense of words that are not concrete, words they can't touch, see, feel. Children are visual learners. They see what you say, right? If you say, don't run, what's the first thing they do? They run. If they can't put a concrete picture to your words, the words hold little to no meaning for the child. Children aren't easily able to develop a concrete definition for the word, like nice, because subjective words like that, like nice, good, bad, right, wrong, have different meanings to different people. They can't touch it, see it, feel it, because your nice and my nice are not the same thing. And we rarely, if ever, take the time to give children a concrete explanation or definition to what we mean when we use a subjective word. For real, try it. Write down your definition of nice. Then ask your spouse, coworker, partner, friend, whatever, to write down their definition of nice and see how they differ or are the same. Then, for an extra bit of fun, ask your kids their definition of nice, and then share it back with us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter of what they said. In addition to using those words just as a form of direction, asking a child, was that a good choice? When they do something that we all know is not a good choice, it just doesn't make sense to them. It was a good choice to them, in theory, 
or they wouldn't have done it otherwise. Also, brainstem and limbic system, not prefrontal cortex. Instead of using those subjective words when we're guiding and disciplining, we're going to use concrete words and actions to describe actions, behaviors, emotions, and we're going to always tie it back to safety, calmly and positively restate the expectations and ways to meet those expectations next time. So for example, Sarah is climbing on the shelf. Instead of just taking her off the shelf and saying, was that a good choice? Say, Sarah, it is not safe to climb on the shelf. Put your feet on the floor. Let's go climb on the climber. Or Adam takes Sarah's toy. Sarah hits Adam. Instead of saying, Sarah, we don't hit. That's not nice. Say, ouch, hitting hurts. Sarah, use your words and tell him, give my toy back, please. So the next strategy, this is probably one of my biggest pet peeves, if I'm being very honest with everyone now. Avoid telling children, we don't, to describe an action they just completed. Right, like the example I just gave where I said, Sarah, we don't hit. That's not nice. Here's the thing. Children do not understand the converse of language, right? The opposite or reverse in meaning. So when you tell that child, we don't hit right after they just hit someone, which is converse to the action they just completed, I'm pretty sure in their head they're like, yes, we do. I just did. Do is a positive word. Not is a negative word. And when you put them together, that forms a contraction. And children don't understand contractions. When we shorten a word or group of words and omit letters and then replace things with an apostrophe because, you know, the English language. Don't takes that positive and negative word and makes them into just a negative word that does not (laughs) tell children what you want them to do. So instead, we're going to use concrete words and actions to describe actions, behaviors, and emotions. Always going to tie it back to safety. We're going to calmly and positively restate the expectations and ways to meet the expectations next time. For example, Adam takes Sarah's toy. Sarah hits Adam. Instead of saying, Sarah, we don't hit. Say, ouch, hitting hurts. Sarah, use your words and tell Adam, give my toy back, please. This last strategy that we're going to talk about is one that tends to be a little bit of a hot button for some adults sometimes. And that is using no or no thank you to guide, redirect, discipline children or not allowing children to use no correctly. Here's the thing. The words no and no thank you are answers to a question. They are not a command or a direction. And adding thank you to know as a command or direction does not make it more polite, just more confusing. For example, I once worked with a classroom with kids ages birth to 18 months. When one child would take a toy from another child, the teachers in the classroom would take the toy back and say, no, thank you, and give it back to the other child. And I'll be honest, none of the coaching and modeling I did to change that behavior was nearly as effective as when we all watched a little 15-month-old walk over to another child, gently take that child's toy and say, no, thank you, smile and walk away. The look on the teacher's face was priceless. I think when we use no as a command or a direction, what we're really saying is, no, don't do that, or 
no, that's not what I want you to be doing right now. But when we use no, no, thank you as a command or direction, and we leave the that's not what I want you to do right now out, the word no loses meaning for the child because it does not tell them what to do. And no is a very powerful word for young children that are developing their sense of self, their independence, and their autonomy. The word no tends to elicit a reaction from adults when used by young children. And when we have that strong emotional reaction, we teach them that that's a way to get what they need from us. If we tell children, you don't tell me no, or you should never tell an adult no, then we're teaching them, I must do whatever any adult tells me to, even if it feels wrong or dangerous. This can then carry over to teenage years and adulthood, where it feels wrong to tell someone no when you know it might put your own mental, emotional, or physical health at risk. So instead, we're going to be specific in the language we use to teach children how to use no and no thank you appropriately. The more specific and direct you are with your language, the more children begin to process the meaning of the words and how to use them. So first, let's talk about modeling how to use no and no thank you by making it concrete and meaningful. So first example, parent says, Sarah, it's time to go to school. Would you like to put your coat on first or your shoes on first? No, I hear your no, but no is not a choice right now. Would you like to put on your coat first or your shoes first? Example number two, teacher says, Sarah, would you like my help to put on your shoes? Sarah says, yes. Okay, um, where do they go? Do your shoes go on your hands? No. Oh, I know. They go on your ears. No, shoes go on feet. So some examples of how to use no thank you. So I don't know if I've shared this before, but something that really sticks with me that I learned several many, many years ago was that manners are better caught than taught. And I think that really goes back to that idea of modeling and teaching. And so using no thank you appropriately, I think often is done through your modeling. So for example, at the dinner table, maybe mom says to dad, would you like more green beans? And dad says, no, thank you. And then mom asks Sarah, Sarah, would you like more green beans? No, thank you. Or another example, Sarah tries to give Adam a hug. Teacher says, Sarah, I don't know if Adam wants a hug right now. You have to ask him first. Sarah says, Adam want a hug? Adam looks at the teacher. Teacher says, Adam, if you don't want to hug her, you can tell her, no, thank you. I don't want a hug. Adam looks at Sarah and says, no, thank you. When we're redirecting, instead of using no or no thank you, we want to always tie it back to safety, calmly and positively restate the expectations and ways to meet them next time. An example that you may have heard before in this episode. Adam takes Sarah's toy. Sarah hits Adam. Instead of us saying, no, Sarah, we don't hit. That's not nice. We could say, ouch, Sarah, hitting hurts. Use your words and tell Adam Give my toy back, please. It's not safe to hit. It takes practice and consistency to be intentional. Every day is a new opportunity to practice your new skills. 
before you guide and discipline children, set your intentions by mindfully and purposefully thinking through and deciding upon the words and strategies you plan to use. While you are guiding and disciplining children, mindfully and purposefully remind yourself of your intentions that you set. And after you guide and discipline children, mindfully and purposefully reflect on the words and strategies you use to be sure that they are in line with the intentions that you set. You all have got this. You've heard these words. You've heard these strategies. Now go out, take a deep breath, mindfully and purposefully set your intentions and get to work guiding those young babies out there. And also go vote. Kids These Days is a co-production of the Casito Kids Infant Toddler Specialist Network and Workforce Development Programs. These programs are supported through a grant from the Kansas Department for Children and Families Child Care and Early Education Services. However, information or opinions expressed herein do not necessarily reflect the position or policy of the agency, and no official endorsement should be inferred. If you have questions, comments, suggestions, or want to share your practice related to this or a previous episode, please email kidsthesedayspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at kidsthesedayspod. Be sure to check out the infographic and other resources for this episode in the show notes. And don't forget to hit subscribe. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Sarah Holmes. Infographics by Rudy Benavides. Music track Hackbeat by Kevin McLeod. See you next time on Kids These Days.